the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour, nine o'clock, and we're rolling on AM 1420. The answer It's Tuesday, the 21st morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. You know what Tuesday means. Coming up in an hour from now, it'll be cursing out time. We get educated by the longest ever serving member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Did you know Kersenow was appointed to that seat for his first six-year term by George W. Bush? He has survived in that seat through Bush, through both of Obama's terms, through Trump's term, and now into Joe Biden's term. It's amazing the work that he does on behalf of the people of this country. Now it's an uphill fight for him every single day because he's outnumbered on that commission by liberals. I may ask him about this at 1010 today in addition to the issues on the border that we are going to discuss. But I'm going to ask Kersenow how it feels and why he subjects himself to that. He's masochistic. He does. He is. He must enjoy pain. The only way to describe it. He's outnumbered by liberals on that commission and he loses virtually every vote that they have on anything and then he issues an extraordinarily well-written scathing statement about what his colleagues did wrong. And uh, it's got to feel so helpless, I would imagine, for Kersenow. I'm spitballing here. Sorry, I'm just kind of... Kersenow joins us at 1010. I'll ask him about that in all seriousness. It's uh, it's amazing, the, the work that he does. But Peter will, will, will be with us to discuss a number of things, including that at 1010 this morning. He is our only guest, which means we are guest-free in our number one. I want you, if you are among the crowds of people that are on your way down I-71 right now toward uh, Columbus for the protest at the House State Board of Education. 
Uh, that event started an hour ago. People started to arrive anyway. Uh, the speeches started a half an hour ago, and there's going to be a lot more going on at this protest all the way through the uh, afternoon today. But if you're on your way down, or if you're in Columbus and listening by way of your phone, and you maybe you've got our app, our free mobile app uh, for WHK fourteen twenty, the answer to search the uh, app store for that, or maybe you've got it on whkradio.com. You're listening through iHeart, or you're listening through radio.com, or you're listening through any of the other services. Um, call me, give me a scene setter. Tell me what you're experiencing down there. Tell me what people are saying. That's a big deal today, this protest at the State Board of Education, to try to stop Board Resolution Number 20, which was put into effect last year, which does indeed allow for the teaching of critical race theory, or at least critical race theory by another name. And this is what we are fighting to stop in our schools, uh, K-12, through right now. So if you are down there, I want to hear from you in this first hour of the program. Curse now, second hour. I'll take your phone calls in this first hour. 216-901-0945, Now, before we get to the news of the day, which, of course, is going to be the absolute train wreck that is beyond anyone's wildest imaginations in terms of control at our southern border. Before we do that, let's stand. Let's face our flags if we have one. Put your hand over your heart, patriots, and join me for the Pledge of Allegiance. We're going to allow the children to lead us today, as uh, saving this country really is going to be up to the next generation, perhaps more so even than uh, those who are teaching it right now. Uh, Liberals, go ahead and sit this one out. We know how you feel about this country. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to a public for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Outstanding job, young Cedric Richmond. That was impressive. All right. Um, We're going to have to dive right into this now. Um... This is beyond, I think, like I said a moment ago, anyone's imagination about how bad could the border possibly get. After having what was unquestionably the most secure border that we have had in the last probably 50 years, when President Trump was in charge, building walls, manning the border, uh, negotiating with Mexico for the Remain in Mexico policy to be in place. If people were seeking asylum from third-party countries, they can't just country shop. They can't just nation shop and say, yeah, this one is uh, not bad, but I like that other one up there a little bit better. I want to go there. Nope, 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 nope. You want to make that claim, you're going to have to sit in Mexico uh, and wait your turn to be processed for or for your hearing to be held. At any rate, we know how great things were, and we know how unbelievably awful things are now. There was a uh, former head of the U.S. Border Patrol named Rodney Scott. Rodney Scott was forced out of the U.S. Border Patrol earlier this year by Joe Biden. Why? Well, because he was effective. And he was calling out the shortcomings of the Biden-slash-Harris or Harris-slash-Biden team's attempts to maintain control of our southern border. After all, as you know and as I know, a nation without a border is no nation at all. We're a flophouse. People can just come and go and crash wherever they want, whenever they want, take what they want, stay as long as they want. We are not a nation. We're a flophouse without a border. Well, Rodney Scott was very outspoken about this, and he was essentially forced out by Joe Biden earlier this year. Now he is speaking out. 
Scott warned yesterday in an interview that Biden's policies have caused a, quote, rapid disintegration of what was arguably the most effective border security in our nation's history, end quote. He said, quote, the Biden administration's team at DHS, that's Alejandro Mayorkas' department, is laser-focused on expediting the flow of migrants into the U.S., not expediting the flow of migrants out of, by way of deportation, but into the U.S., and is downplaying the significant vulnerability this creates for terrorists, narcotic smugglers, human traffickers, even hostile nations to gain access to our homeland. In my professional assessment, wrote um, uh, Rodney Scott, the former head of the U.S. Border Patrol, in my professional assessment, the U.S. Border Patrol is rapidly losing the situational awareness required to know who and what is entering our homeland. End quote. Now, this is a big deal because this isn't just some commentator or some conservative news reporter or some conservative talk show host. This is the head, former head of U.S. Border Patrol, who was good at his job, which is why he was fired by Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden doesn't want people to be good at Border Patrol. If they're good at Border Patrol, that means they stop people from crossing the border. And if they stop people from crossing the border, it runs counter to the Biden-Harris agenda. That's why he got fired. Afterwards, uh, Mr. Scott uh, issued a dire warning about who is likely exploiting the Biden administration's intentional weakness on the southern border. And by the way, I I, I want that to be the new lexicon. Uh, Jim Jordan said it yesterday in an interview, too. It's intentional. It is not happening because we just don't know how to control it. It's not happening by accident. It's intentional. This needs to be understood. This needs to be accepted. This needs to be the reality. Because it is reality. This is exactly what the Biden-Harris administration wanted. They wanted as many illegal aliens granted access to this country as humanly possible before they tried to push through their $3.5 trillion um, reconciliation budget or budget reconciliation bill, in which they had amnesty and pathway to citizenship written into. So this is, this is intentional. This is not accidental. There's a reason why Kamala Harris has not visited the border. You can say, oh, she went to El Paso once. Yeah, she did go to El Paso, which is not where the border is being, uh, uh, you know, sieged, where it's being just completely exploited. And that was her only trip even into Texas, much less Arizona, New Mexico, or, or California, which, of course, is this, the expanse of the border. Joe Biden, the President of the United States, has been in office since January 20th. This is now September 21st, has never taken the time to go down there and look at the southern border of his nation. Not once. Not once to see the depth of the problem. Not once to talk to commanders of Border Patrol, commanders of Homeland Security. Not once to talk to crossers. Migrants, asking them why they're here, asking them if they understand this is a sovereign nation, asking if they understand that they have to apply for legal uh, residency or citizenship or uh, um, uh, entrance into this country. Not one time. So Rodney Scott issued this warning, quote, Low-level, unsophisticated, and uneducated smugglers are already crossing the border. 
and increasingly evading apprehension daily. To think that well-resourced terrorist networks, criminal organizations, and hostile nations are not doing the same is naive. The experienced civil service staff within CBP, ICE, and DHS, so that's Border Patrol, Immigration, Customs Enforcement, and Department of Homeland Security, have provided multiple options to reduce illegal entries and reestablish some semblance of border security through, through proven programs and consequences. Yet every recommendation has been summarily rejected. Secretary Mayorkas is choosing to ignore the sound recommendations of career government leadership, despite his own admissions that he says he agrees with them. So this can be seen now really through no other lens than that of intent. This is exactly what they want to do. Despite their claims of wanting to have security, their claims that the border is actually closed, their claims that the numbers are actually going down, which is an absolute, abject, easily provable lie, and despite their claims that they care about the health of the American people. What does that have to do with it, you ask? Well, you know what that has to do with it. Joe Biden just put working Americans on notice. Take the jab or lose your job. Issued an executive order, an executive mandate. But illegal aliens coming into this country don't have to have the jab or proof of negative testing. They can just come in here teeming with whatever germs that they want to, as long as they're on foot. That's right, as long as they're on foot. Because yesterday, you may, or actually Sunday, you may or may not have heard that Biden got tough with those who are flying here, foreign nationals who are flying and being flown to the United States are going to have to prove, uh, show proof of a vaccine. But if you're coming across the border illegally on foot, well, no, you don't have to be tested. Peter Ducey called out Jen Psaki on that yesterday. Listen. The question about what's going on at the border. Is somebody asking the foreign nationals who are walking into Del Rio, Texas, and setting up camps on this side of the border for proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test? Well, first of all, I can re- re- I can readdress for you or re- re-talk you through what that steps the, we that take. That is the policy for people who fly into the country. So if somebody walks into the country right across the river, does somebody ask them to see their vaccination card? Well, let me explain to you again, Peter, how our process works. As individual- That's a yes or no question. That's a yes or no question. She won't give him a yes or no answer. As individuals come across the border uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms, if they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our the intention is for them to be quarantined. They're not being quarantined. That's the intention. Listen to the language. It's very important process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. I don't. Oh, really? Really? Jen Psaki just said if they're crossing the border, you know, we're, we're not forcing them to show a vaccination card, but we're checking for symptoms, and then the intention is to, to quarantine them. And, and besides, they're not intending to stay here for a long period of time. Then why are they walking from Central America, a thousand miles through the deserts of Mexico, to get to the United States border if they don't plan to stay a very long time? Really? And then why are our federal jets flying them into various cities all around this country if they're not intending to stay here for a long time. I mean, honestly, 
how this woman can stand up there and lie like she does each and every day, putting on this circus as she does, and she looks like a clown, um, in all seriousness, how can she do that and have no one in the mainstream media call her out for it? The only person who will call her out for it is Peter Ducey from Fox. I think it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. These are individuals, as we've noted and as we've been discussed, we are expelling individuals based on Title 42 specifically because of COVID, because we want to prevent a scenario where large numbers of people are gathering, posing a threat to the community and also to the migrants themselves. And why aren't you making them show vaccine passports like you're making American workers show them? Answer that, you babbling buffoon. So those are the policies that we put in place um, in large part because, again, the CDC continues to recommend Title 42 be in place given we're facing a global pandemic. Title 42 only is being used to remove what they are saying is adult males. Only adult males are being turned away. Females, children, and families are being allowed to stay because apparently the COVID germs that they may be carrying don't count because Title 42 doesn't apply to families and children. So are you requesting or demanding vaccine passports from them, Jen Psaki? The vice president on any of this, isn't she supposed to be addressing the root causes of migration? Absolutely, and she has been addressing the root causes of migration by working with countries in the region to ensure they have the assistance they need to reduce the number of people who are coming uh, and trying to make those journeys across the border. We've actually seen some reductions in some of those numbers. <laughs> how do you, how do you, how do you let her get away with that? How is not, why is every reporter in that White House press pool not rising to their feet and saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa"? Did you just say we've seen reductions in the numbers? The numbers are available for the public to see. Jim Jordan quotes them every time he comes on this program. And he points out that we had a record number of border crossings in March until April came along. Then we had a new record number of border crossings until May came along. Then we had a new record number of border crossings until June, until July, until August. And as soon as September's numbers are ready, we'll have a new record. And she's standing there saying, no, no, we're doing a good job. We're actually seeing a reduction in those numbers. The vice president is doing a great job. Really? Then why have your best friends, your water carriers at MSNBC, why have they turned on the vice president, the border czar, for doing absolutely nothing? Listen to MSDNC. A message from our vice president. Where is she? She was supposed to be in charge of all of these migration issues, going to those northern triangle countries. That's obviously not Haiti. That was one of her first international trips with the message, do not come here illegally. People aren't listening. What is she saying now? Well, we haven't heard a lot from the vice president. That's an understatement. She's invisible. And that's probably good for the uh, for the administration because when she's visible, she is horrid. She is absolutely horrid to look at and listen to. She is one of the most unlikable people in the history of American government. And maybe number one, with the possible exception of Hillary Clinton. We'll be right back. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. 
Okay, it's 927, so let me uh, address another part of this here before we get to the bottom of the hour news, and I'll take your calls right after that. Um, the left is up in arms now over the method and the mode of transportation by which Border Patrol agents are trying to chase down and round up the illegal aliens who keep storming across our border. There's some 16,000 of them under that bridge now in the uh, um, Del Rio sector. And they're just streaming across the border, and they're running, and Border Patrol agents are trying to catch them. And, of course, the real question is, is why bother? Because when they catch it, catch them, they're going to turn them over to uh, to ICE, and then they're going to be given ICE planes to fly into the American cities wherever they want, and then they're going to be told to uh, to go free. But at any rate, their job is to track them down and stop them. So now the left is freaking out over the mode of transportation. Rather than the ICE or excuse me, the Border Patrol agents trying to run these people down on foot. And rather than being in Jeeps or cars, they're on horseback. Because it kind of fits the terrain where they are, right? Border Patrol agents on horseback are rounding up individuals that they can't chase down on foot, and they're bringing them back and detaining them for, again, eventual processing into the United States anyway. But the left is going crazy. In fact, the U.S. now is going to, quote, probe incidents involving agents on horseback dispersing or rounding up the Haitian uh, illegals who are trying to cross the border. U.S. Department of Homeland Security pledges to swiftly conduct their investigation into what it called extremely troubling footage of Border Patrol agents on horseback aggressively dispersing the Haitian migrants, saying the internal probe could, cause, could lead to a disciplinary action. The Department of Homeland Security does not tolerate the abuse of migrants in our custody, and we take these allegations very seriously. U.S. Customs and Border Protection's Office of Professional Responsibility is investigating the matter and has alerted the DHS Office of Inspector General. What I would say to that is, apparently the U.S. Department of Homeland Security does not capture migrants either. You don't tolerate the abuse of migrants. You don't allow them to be captured either. What abuse? And the abuse that they're talking about is you see Department of, of uh, um, Homeland, not Homeland Security, Border Security uh, individuals, agents, on horseback using their reins, not whips. They're being called whips. The left wants you to think that these agents are whipping these illegals who are crossing the border. What they are doing is using their reins, literally twirling their reins that, that control the horse beside the horse to keep the uh, individuals away from the horse. Otherwise, they're going to get trampled. They don't carry whips. They carry reins, number one. And number two, they're, they're more concerned about the imagery of Border Patrol agents on horseback than the actual effectiveness of it. Would it be better if they were in, in ATVs, all-terrain vehicles? I, I, personally, I would say maybe, but more importantly, and, and first I would say, who cares? Whatever they need to catch up to the individuals who are running into this country against uh, American law. I don't care if they need motorcycles, ATVs, or horses. What's the difference? Their job is to capture the illegal border crossers, period, point blank, end of story. And now the left has got themselves a new uh, you know, a, a new uh, talking point here. That the cruel and inhumane border security people. 
Border Patrol people are using horses and whips to catch these Haitians, who, by the way, have dark skin, and this harkens back to the days of catching runaway slaves. The only thing I can say now heading into the news is thank God in heaven above that the Border Patrol agents on horseback didn't happen during the Trump administration. Because you can only imagine. We'll be right back. of Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. All right, 937, we continue on AM 1420. The Answer, lamenting the loss of the sovereignty of our country. This uh, situation at our southern border has gone beyond emergency level. It's just, uh, you know, it's five alarm fire here. It's just, it's it's impossible. I, I got a message here from uh, my friend Will down in Houston, Texas, who I love the fact that he still listens to us up here in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, who said that the Homeland Security Director, Alejandro Mayorkas, even clarified. The left ignored it. The leftist media continues to say that the border agents are whipping migrants from their positions on horseback. But even Mayorkas declared that agents use long reins, not whips, to control their horses. Their horses are controlled by reins. Anybody ever ridden a horse before? Reins. And those reins sometimes are indeed twirled next to the, uh, along the side of the horse to get individuals who are too close to the horse away. Otherwise, they're going to get trampled and severely injured. They're not being whipped. But this is just the latest in the attempt to paint the United States as being racist and trying to keep all of these black Haitian faces out of the country. Which, of course, begs this question. And I've asked it many times, and I apologize for the redundancy. Why would all of these black and brown people from Haiti, from the Northern Triangle countries in Central America, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador. Why would these black and brown people all be flooding to the southern border of the United States anyway? If they're looking for relief from the horrible conditions in their own countries, why wouldn't they want to stay in Mexico, which is a nation of brown faces? and a nation that wouldn't necessarily qualify as being systemically racist and oppressive of people who are brown and black. If the U.S. is so unbelievably god-awfully racist and oppressive to brown and blacks, people of color, as they're called, why on earth would people of color want to continue to flood our our southern border, flood across our southern border, and be a part of systemic racism, be victimized by all of these white supremacists? Why? Why is nobody asking that? Why is nobody asking that on Capitol Hill? Why is nobody asking that in the mainstream media when they get a member of Congress on? Particularly a leftist member of Congress who says that we are systemically racist. Somebody like, mm, uh, uh, I don't know, Ilhan Omar. Otherwise known as Jihad Omar from Minnesota. Who is screaming about the imagery of 
Border Patrol agents on horseback rounding up Haitians and arguing, by the way, that we owe, let me say this, this is a direct quote on MSNBC yesterday on Joy Reid, we owe the Haitians the right to seek asylum. We owe them. Wait, what? We owe Haitians asylum? On what grounds? Omar said, and I quote, what we have seen was cruel, inhuman, and violation of domestic laws and international laws. The right to seek asylum is an international right. Let me stop there and say, listen, you pinhead. To seek asylum is different than being granted asylum. And you don't get to stay here while your case is backlogged for three or four years before you can have your hearing on being granted asylum. You can seek it from wherever the heck you want to, but not here. She went on to say, I know this because I would not be here today if I wasn't able to seek asylum in the border of neighboring, neighboring country, Kenya. Again, the United States is not a neighboring country to Haiti. It's not a neighboring country to Guatemala either. We're a na- neighboring country to Mexico. If somebody is fleeing persecution, political persecution or natural disasters in Mexico, you can make a case for Mexican individuals wanting to come to the United States to flee said political persecution because it would be a neighboring country. The first place for refuge that you can find. One might be able to do to, to argue that. But that's not the case, is it? Because there isn't political persecution in Mexico. What there is is rampant crime because of the way they run their country. There's rampant crime and drugs and cartels and all kinds of other terrible things and poverty. And people want to escape and come to a better country. That's not asylum. She continued, To see this kind of atrocious, disturbing images at our border should really make every single American's skin crawl. No, Jihad Omar, you make Americans' skin crawl. You and your 9-11 description of some people did something, your callous disregard for American life and your hardcore racism, the disgust that you have for people who are lighter skinned than you, that makes America's skin crawl. When it comes to our immigration policy, she said, for so many years, cruelty has been very much embedded in it. This is obviously systemic racism at play here. We've seen people come to the border, and the fact that we're dealing with mainly black migrants and black immigrants and asylum seekers at our border in this kind of way really speaks to the kind of racism, systemic racism that is embedded in that department and all the departments that deal with our immigration policy, which begs me or leads me to this question and begs this question. Jihad Armar, why aren't you screaming at the Haitians to turn around and run? Go back. Go back into Mexico. Find your way back to Haiti. Go anywhere but here because we're systemically racist here. It's a terrible place for you to be if you're black or brown. Why aren't you warning them? Why are you telling us to let them in so that they can what? Be abused and oppressed? Goodness gracious. I feel like talking to these people is like talking to, you know... I would say my, my, my old 7th grade classes that I used to teach, but that's, they were way smarter than this. It's like talking to, to, you know, to kindergartners. I mean, honestly, how do these people rise to prominence and power? How does somebody like Mayorkas get to be the Secretary of Homeland Security? How does somebody like Jihad Omar get into the United States Congress, for crying out loud? These people are babbling 
bumbling, rumbling, stumbling buffoons. And I don't know if you put all of their IQs together if you'd break triple digits. I just don't think so. Doug, you're in Cleveland. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Doug. Go ahead, sir. Sorry on that. Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L. Goodbye. Goodbye. Go away. Don't ever call me again. You're not doing this to my show like you do to other shows. Please keep that guy off of my airwaves. Please. Screen better. Keep this guy off of my airwaves. He tries to do this when he calls me on Dennis Prager's show. He tries to call me. He's a self-promoter. He's not allowed on the radio, period, ever, ever. BJ, North Olmsted. BJ, go ahead. Yeah, Bob, uh, going into my 91st year next month, you've been a warrior. I said that to you a long time ago, and you've been fighting the battle very well. But there are two issues I'd like to make a point about. One is Rand Paul sent a letter out about the Supreme Court on the Roe v. Wade. And a question I'd like to ask ask him to ask the Supreme Court justices, are you pleased or unpleased that you weren't aborted before you were born? These are the kind of questions we have to ask. And as far as what's happening with our border, there is a racist attitude against one particular race in our country now, and it happens to be the color of your skin. And if we don't wake up to these realities and start speaking out like people of color have spoken out, we are not going to be like we are in this country. If it weren't for the white people of America, and I'm sorry to say this boldly, there would have been the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, to free the people of color. So we have to become more bold and more explicit in our commentary, even if it stings a bit. We're beyond the rationale of I don't want to offend anyone anymore. And I thank you for your time, Robert. All right, thank you, BJ. Yeah, no, I'm. you know what? Uh, I'm offended by those people every single day. And I don't care if they're offended by me. And there's one reason why. I'm right. They're wrong. That's it. I'm right, and they're wrong. And I don't care if they get offended when I'm right. I don't care when they get offended because they're wrong. Asylum-seeking means you find refuge in the first place where refuge is available. If you are suffering from political persecution in one country and your goal is to flee that persecution and find refuge, find safe haven, find asylum. You do it in the first country you get into that isn't persecuting you. You don't get to country shop. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If someone breaks into your home, home intruders with guns break into your home and attempt to accost you, and you break out the back door, running and screaming for help. And the next door neighbor opens up their door and says, come in here, you can hide in here. And you look at them and say, nah, the house down the block is nicer than yours. I'm going to go into theirs and make them take me. Then you deserve whatever happens to you, you bumbling idiot. You understand that? When you are fleeing persecution or fleeing something, 
You are, it is your responsibility to take and accept the first offer of assistance that is given to you. You don't get to house shop and say, I'd really rather kind of take up refuge at this place. You see how stocked their fridge is? See how nice their guest room is? Yeah, no, thanks, I'm good. That's what these people are doing. They're bypassing Mexico and saying, yeah, you know what, appreciate the offer, but, um, man, it's crappy here. Look at what they got up there in that racist, oppressive country, the one up above, uh, you know, to the north of you. Yeah, uh, I'll take my chances with their racism and their oppression. I want to go there. Because despite their racism and their oppression, I have opportunities there like I've never had anywhere, or like I would never get anywhere else. And this is just insane. And I don't care how they feel about it. I'm right. They're not. And I'm going to continue to say it in that way. All right, it's 949. We'll take a time out. A requirement, by the way, when you call the program, please be on topic. Please stay, stay where we are. Unless I tell you it's a free-for-all day and you can talk about whatever you want, uh, do me a favor. Stay on topic so that we don't slam the brakes on a good conversation. Right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Ohio's first station is now the answer for Northeast Ohio. We're AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 953, we'll continue. AM 1420, the answer. Don't forget, Kirsten Out comes your way at 1010 this morning. I look forward to that conversation. Rather than risking more phone calls right now, because I don't know what kind of a grab bag I'm going to get, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to share this. Uh, I, I, the hypocrisy of the left is just so off the off the hook. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's impossible to to truly express. You saw the latest, and now uh, two things. One is the Emmys, which I'll get to in a second. And the other one is the uh, uber-liberal mayor of uber-liberal San Francisco, the uber-trash city of the West Coast. And they literally are trash. It is a urine and feces-filled cesspool uh, cluttered with needles and uh, uh, homeless people, and they are doing absolutely, absolutely nothing about it. That being said, London Breed is partying, and she's dancing, and she's jamming, and she's having a great time, and that's fine. Everybody's allowed to do those things. The difference is she's doing it while maskless. And you say, well, France, didn't you say that we shouldn't be worried about these ridiculous masks? Sure, yeah. But I wouldn't say that to somebody who has instituted a policy requiring masks in her city for anybody indoors, vaccinated or unvaccinated. The mayor of of San Francisco, London Breed, was videotaped and photographed at a big event, a party, in a bar, dancing, posing for pictures, and having a great time, all without wearing a mask. And I want you to hear this buffoon's hypocritical response. Uh, a video shows a maskless breed, neither seated at a table nor positioned at a stationary counter, standing and dancing without any food or drinks in her hand. She also posed for photos while not wearing a mask. Okay, so just to be clear, um, um, I was sitting at my table, and when... I don't know about you and whether or not you know who Raphael Sadiq and Dwayne Wiggins are, but I don't know about you, but if you know who they are, I don't care where you're sitting. You're going to get up and start dancing. My drink was sitting at the table. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit. I don't know if you know who Raphael de Sadiq is, but when you hear that, you're going to get up and dance. Um, 
Nobody said you couldn't get up and dance to Raphael Sadiq, whoever that is. Nobody said you couldn't get up and feel the spirit. But what you have said, Mayor Breed, is that if you get up to dance while you're feeling the spirit, you doggone well better have that diaper strapped to your face. It's your rule. It's your city. It's your mandate. Masks must be worn indoors unless you're actively drinking or eating. And she said, my drink was on the table. Exactly. And you weren't. You were on the dance floor. Maybe your drink was right next to the mask you should have grabbed to put on before you went to feel the spirit. Let's listen to a little bit more of liberal hypocrisy in action. And I wasn't thinking about a mask. I was thinking about having a good time. And in the process, I was following the health orders. Whoa, 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 You just said you weren't thinking about the health orders, which is the mask. You're having a good time. If a citizen of San Francisco was dancing, feeling the spirit, not thinking about the mask and having a good time, you would have them cited. Or you would warn them they have to leave the establishment if they're not going to follow the rules. Now you're claiming you were following the health rules? How were you following them? You said you weren't thinking about the mask, and you weren't wearing the mask. Not to mention the Chronicle reporter who walked up to me had no mask in sight. Oh, my goodness! Now you're going to criticize the reporter who's criticizing you for not wearing a mask by saying, neither did he. How old are you? London? Six? He did it too. This is an elementary school argument. London, you were talking when you weren't supposed to be in class. You have a detention. Yeah, but he did it too. Oh, okay, well, he did it too, so you're both cleared. Is that really what she's arguing here? You want more? When I took a picture, as I do in any case or do an interview, yes, I take my mask off. You never had it on. You danced and you took pictures without, quote, thinking about the mask. You hypocrite, you. When I want to take a picture, I don't need to. I'm vaccinated. I don't need to wear a mask. I'm vaccinated, she said. Her San Francisco edict is all persons vaccinated and unvaccinated in indoor settings, public settings, must be masked. Now she's arguing I have the vaccine. And take a picture every single time. I don't want to. But at the same time, I'm being careful to not only protect myself and to protect other people. This is nitpicking. This is nitpicking? You wrote the mandate. How can anybody in America follow leftist thinking? How can anybody listen to these people and say, yeah, that's my leader. That's who I'm going to take my cues from. Just like at the Emmys on Sunday night. I don't watch the Emmys. I don't watch award shows. I'm sure you don't either. But from what I read, it was a room filled with maskless celebrities that they claimed was going to be okay to be maskless because it was outdoors. Except for the fact that the host of the show acknowledged and complained and said, this isn't outdoors just because it's not a permanent structure. They built a massive, massive, hermetically sealed tent, is what he called it. And it has a roof on it and walls, and we are not outdoors. He said, if I'd have known this, I wouldn't have come. I give Seth Rogen credit for that, because he acknowledged that. But who, uh, uh, the people I don't give credit to 
Well, that would be the Los Angeles County Department of Health, which defended their approval of the Emmys being held in the setting that it was, that they were, by saying these are celebrities, they're special. You ready for this? The mask mandates in Los Angeles County are required for both vaccinated and unvaccinated people, and, quote, exceptions are made for film, television, and music productions, as additional safety modifications are made for those controlled interactions. In other words, when they're actually doing, you know, making movies and making films and television and so on and so forth, because obviously the actors can't be wearing them if it's not part of the storyline. So that's what they're saying is in the actual production of television and and movies. This was not that. This was an awards show. This was an event. This was like a banquet. And the Los Angeles Department of Health showing that they agree with the Los Angeles politicians and liberal politicians all over the country who believe that the rules are for thee but not for me said the following. The Emmy Awards show is a television production and persons appearing on the show are considered performers. All persons appearing on or in the audience of the Emmy Awards show were fully vaccinated against COVID-19, period, end quote. In other words, the same leftist hypocrisy. The rule says vaccinated or unvaccinated must be masked indoors. But then they said these celebrities, a couple of hundred of famous people, well, they're vaccinated so they don't have to wear the masks. The rule doesn't apply to them. I ask you again, how can anybody in this country of sound mind and body, of reasonable, uh, you know, uh, common sense ever declare themselves a follower of the American left? I'm going to challenge the people at Webster's or American Heritage or any other dictionary company. Find another word for hypocrisy. Because it is not strong enough to describe the American Democrat. Kirsten now joins me next. AM 1420, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com